0: This is the Saturday Morning Serial Podcast with your host, Amanda Ann. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of Saturday Morning Serial. I'm Amanda Ann, and today I am with my boyfriend, Mike, and we are going to give a just a general spoiler-free review of... Shang-Chi and the Ten Rings, which we saw yesterday in theaters. And we personally think that this was a nice, new, fresh Marvel film.
1: It was uh, very refreshing because uh, kung fu movies have kind of gone the way of the um, dodo, and they they don't really make a lot of them anymore that are specifically catered towards Western audiences. You can really find more... um, kung fu movies and you know eastern movie theaters in china and so forth but there's really not money catered to america and you know jackie chan and jet lee they're all very old men now and they don't make movies like they used to and for uh this movie to come out and ride on the success of those movies but also on top of the success of the marvel universe was very refreshing
0: yeah i was pleasantly surprised how much i enjoyed this film and i'm actually really excited for like the eternals to come out because you got like angelina jolie and the whole film looks fresh and new so going into this one i was just kind of like okay you know it's you know another superhero inducted into the mcu and it's probably just gonna be a fighting type of type of film but it's so much more than that. There was story with family. There was humor and action. It was a good ratio of like the good heartness of the film, if you want to call it that, and the action sequences. And we see a lot of like creatures, and the characters are very lovable. I really... I love, especially Aquafina plays Katie, she was fantastic, and the star of the show, Shang-Chi, was Simu Liu, welcome to the MCU, we're excited to see more of him in the future, definitely. But I did not know he had that much potential to carry a film such as big as something in the MCU like this.
1: Yeah, it's it's great because it's a uh, very much an unknown character like I, I've grown up watching more cartoons and reading comics occasionally and Going to the theme parks and just living my life as a Marvel fan and I've never heard of this character at all and I've never heard of this cast at all uh, and two come together very well um, to, to really make something new and unexpected
0: Yeah, this cast features an all-Asian cast, and it's just a really good film with diversity in it, and it's just something that we need more in the MCU, especially when it's just dominated by, like, you know, Captain America, Iron Man, and so we saw it with Black Panther, and now we're seeing it with Shang-Chi. It's just great representation for that group.
1: Yeah, it's very much, um, well, the character Shang-Chi was raised in, in China, and he moves to the United States to kind of uh, get away from his past. And he befriends, you know, Katie, played by Aquafina, And they go back to, and and she, of course, is uh, Asian. And they go back to to China in one scene, and um, Shang-Chi and these other characters start conversing in Mandarin or some other Chinese language, and they start to look at Katie, and they, they, they talk to Katie, and she's like, I'm from America, you know, I don't speak mm-hmm. Chinese or Mandarin. And it was funny because they're both Asian Americans, and they both have different backgrounds. Um, and they it hit on both sides of, of, you know, like, third or fourth generation immigrants versus first generation immigrants, and how the, the language barrier... Uh, existed, or it was different between them.
0: Yeah, I was waiting for her to start speaking Mandarin, too, and the way she was just like, what? And then I was like, wait, she doesn't know know the language. (laughs) So, but another thing that I really liked were the visual effects in this film. And there's a part that takes place on, like, it's like on a building, on some scaffolding. I'm not going to give too much away on it, but it's a new setting that i've never seen a fight before and it was so anxiety inducing for me because i don't like heights that much but the choreography was on point in this film the fighting styles the creatures the usage of the like human characters with the creatures fighting with the oh it was so good
1: uh speaking on the choreography i really enjoyed the the different settings that they chose to place fights within this movie they do you know the scaffolding and the moving and the moving bus and all the fights are very much claustrophobic Mm -hmm. and they're they're tight and and the stakes the stakes feel real and all the best it seems like a great way to make an action set piece now of course you have your your big third Act battles with CGI characters and big armies and stuff but these smaller scenes that take place in crowded air in confined spaces where the characters really have to be creative and make use of their surroundings are way more exciting to watch in my opinion
0: hmm yeah I really enjoyed that bus scene you see it in the trailer he just you know takes out these bad guys and it's just yeah and it's it just takes place in that one spot and you're like, how in the world is he going to get out of this? But they, they carry it out pretty well, I think.
1: Um, growing up, my, my dad showed me this uh, Steve McQueen movie called Bullet. And it's, uh, where, it's where Steve McQueen drives this green Mustang around the, the hills and alleys of San Francisco. And they basically took that concept, put it. Took, did it with a bus instead, and then put a, a well-choreographed fight scene... In the bus, on top of it, it was it was great.
0: I thought it was going to turn into that speed movie we watched with Keanu Reeves and Sandra Bullock.
1: <laughs> yeah, very much um, a very much '90s style friendship between um, Shang Chi and, and Katie. and it kind of like will they or won't they or ha- have they ever have uh, the lines are very blurred between their friendship and what could be their relationship.
0: Yeah, I mean, I really liked their friendship. I liked how, you know, it's kind of like they've been friends for 10 years, and not they haven't really thought about moving, but it's there. Like, the chemistry is there for a potential setup. And going back, I mentioned that this has a really good family dynamic, and once again, we're introduced to a very much, like, sibling, almost like rivalry And then they finally come together, and they work as a team. So Shang-Chi has a sister named Zhu Xiangling, and she is a badass. She's probably... I mean, she's a really good female character in the MCU. And we have a lot of strong female characters, so she's just, you know, is another one to add to the list. And their sibling dynamic is just so great, because they turned into it could be like a rivalry but then it's like in the end they need each other and i just love the sibling dynamics that appear in the MCU and they both are pretty much like betrayed by their father in a way and then their mother so, you know you just have to watch the film to know the story of the mother
1: yeah she's very interesting cuz she it, she takes the role of uh an anti-hero and she you don't know which side she's on and no matter what the situation is, she's going to find a way to benefit from it. She is uh, an opportunist and she grew up, you know, watching the men fight and watching the men make names for themselves. And she couldn't take it anymore and she's, she just went out into the world and, and she does her own thing with her own style. And she very much has become an equal to those who... Believe, who would believe that they are superior to her.
0: Yeah, she wants everyone to be equal. I think she fights for equality in the long run. But in the end, they do team up. They learn about their other families, and their fighting styles are very... They're, they're different and unique from each other. Hers and Shang's. And the fighting that Shang comes like comes to terms with at the end is very interesting he's got a mix of his father and mother's fighting style and i was teasing mike I, the way his mom fights it's like airbending from the avatar universe
1: <laughs> uh well one of the very the very first fight scene in the movie spoiler it is between um H- shang chi's father and mother and is the very first time they meet and they do they do fight but it does very much become a Romantic dance of stares and glances and you know, whole of uh, like twisting and turning, dancing, and it's it's so exhilarating because she very much is fighting in like this crouching tiger, hidden dragon, you know, wirework fighting style, and he's he's on the ground and he's he's fighting like a like a brawler and he's he's using his elbows and his knees. And he's he's really fighting dirty, but she's just so graceful and mm-hmm. so fluid. And she well, Amanda said, you know, she fights like an airbender, but that's really just her using the wind and the air to to attack. But if you want to be really technical, she's fighting like a waterbender because she's very much taking these attacks and she's redirecting the energy. She's so you try to hit her and, and she she takes the blow in with with her own energy and redirects it back at you it's it's really cool just just go see the movie and watch it i mean it's it's awesome
0: yeah they had us take a survey at the end of the movie too and it was like how would you like would you tell your friends and family to go see it and i'm like absolutely i was just telling my dad to go see it today it was just so and go see it in an imax go see it in the movie like we saw it in imax and oh my god the sound quality it's like i felt like i was in the movie
1: This podcast is not brought to you by IMAX, by the way. We were just really impressed.
0: Yeah, they ain't paying us, so take that as you will. Uh, But anyway, yeah, some strong points is definitely the cast of characters. They were so great, and the characters, very relatable. Shang-Chi is very relatable. I was surprised that he's just an ordinary guy, just like all of us, just trying to make it in the world. And same with Aquafina's character. They don't know, they have all this potential, but they don't know what to do with it. So I felt that was really great. I kind of connected with that. And then just, it, it started, and, and then like the conflict and the resolution, it all flowed very nicely in the end. And everything at the end tied back to the beginning of the film. And, but were there some, like you thought, like some moments that were kind of slow
1: Yeah, the the film generally suffers from pacing issues, and it does kind of linger too long on comedic moments, and, you know, sometimes you'll be watching a a really great dramatic scene, and you'll be really invested in the story and what's happening, and you'll be really in the moment, and then they will just interrupt with some, like, comedy, and Mm -hmm. I can see why they do that, but then again, you really want your dramatic moments to hit, and if the audience is gonna expect comedy every time that there's drama. There's drama. It's not. It, the drama is not gonna land. Mm-hmm. the f- The film really does kind of slow down near the end of the, the second act before it hits its its big, third act. But it's just a minor complaint. I mean, every scene in this movie is generally really enjoyable.
0: I don't even think I blinked the whole movie. I was just so like drawn into it.
1: Yeah, like, like like I said, but once once you see that opening fight scene, the movie just it just grabs you and it, it doesn't let go, and you're you're there, you're invested, and you're in this. Um, and um, speaking of IMAX, by the way, the film I do believe that the film was shot for IMAX, so whether they upscaled it or whatever they did, it does look great on IMAX, and it does take up the whole screen. And the way that the action is shot, it's kind of shot like um, uh, Mad Max Fury Road, where all of the action takes place in the center of the screen, but the camera the camera does move along and flow really well with the action. So the characters and the fights are always at the center of the screen, so you really don't have to turn your head a lot.
0: Oh, I didn't even realize that.
1: Yeah. yeah. So, um, like, you know, In in film you have the rule of thirds, so if you have two characters talking to each other, you know, one would be on the right side, and the other would be on the left side, and and no matter what happens, no matter where you cut to, the characters always maintain that space. And what happens a lot in uh, action movies is that the character will jump around from the different sides of the frame to kind of like follow the action. But the way that they shot this movie is the cuts always follow the character and the character always remains in that section of the third of screen. So even if they do they do cut away to a bigger or wider shot, you can always follow the action because you know where the characters are.
0: Okay. Oh, that was interesting. I I just got I just learned something just now. Thanks, Mike.
1: Yeah, and plus two, the The costumes in this movie are, they're great, but they're also, they're detailed, but they're also really simple. Um, there's nothing too bright or, well, they are bright and colorful, but there's not a lot of, like, intricate patterns and, and overly simulated textures. It's all very easy to follow and you really aren't distracted at all. So, like... Mm -hmm there's a there's a scene where two characters are fighting in front of a giant LCD um, backlight uh, billboard and you can just follow the silhouettes and you can tell who's whose because of the small ambient lighting that they do on one character and you can tell who the other character is obviously by deduction but you can also look at the fighting style and see how how much more conservative he's fighting because he doesn't want to hurt this other character and this other character is out is out to kill him
0: yeah you're right like because if you have someone like captain america his suit is that's his symbol captain america where yeah you're right this doesn't like the clothing doesn't distract you from the character at all it's just you're so engrossed in his story in his actions and what he's up to that you don't really pay attention or care what he's wearing and it works
1: yeah, you can, watch, um, you can watch Captain America, and you always go, well, why are the bad guys always just shooting at his shield? And it's because it, it looks like a target. Mm-hmm. It's designed to look like a target. And then the same with if you watch uh, Tim Burton's Batman, you notice that uh, Batman has a big yellow plate on his chest with a bat on it, obviously. But that's where the bad guys are going to be drawn to shoot, so... The way that they incorporate costumes into the way that the fights work and the characters move is great. So so going on, on a, again um, how you know the action is easy to follow and you say well what's an example of a movie where the action is hard to follow and an example of that would be like the Transformers movies. I don't know if you've ever seen the Transformers movies Amanda but the characters, the Transformers themselves they're super complicated and mechanical and they transform and they have moving parts and the the vehicles have stripes and camouflage and all this stuff and they there's all sorts of debris and smoke and you really can't make out what the characters are because they're so overly designed and if you watch something like the recent Bumblebee movie came out you realize that they kind of simplify the design of the transformers and it's to follow it's so that you can follow the action better and shang chi and the legend of ten rings really does simplify things with costume with sets with direction that you can follow what's happening on the screen you're not ever going to be looking from right to left where's the character where's the character at you you know where it is Mm -hmm. you can you can follow it
0: yeah we sat in the last row of the imax in the theater it was great you could see everything, even with the big screen. Alright, so l- we're going to actually just talk about the rings, too. Where did they come from? What are they? And they kind of, for me, at first, it felt like kind of like a Stark invention. How he was, the dad, had the ten rings, five on each wrist, and he would just use them in, I don't know, battle, combat. And he would just clink them together, and they shot off, like, energy And knocked out his enemies. So I thought that was a very, like, Avengers, Stark type of thing. But as it keeps going, nobody knows where these came from. Right?
1: Yeah, they don't really get into the specifics of where the actual Ten Rings come from. Um, And you really, they're really not recognizable as, you know, they don't have that, like... Guardians of the Galaxy vibe or the Iron Man armor vibe they're kind of very much their own thing Mm -hmm. and the way that the character who uses the ten rings fights with the ten rings is that he uses them as kind of like an extension of his body like like you would like a sword or a spear and if they, they they do a different They have different abilities and in different scenes and I they were kind of vague on what they do where they came from but going into this movie just accept that they're not of this world and that they're the most sought after weapon now that the infinity Infinity gauntlet and the infinity stones are destroyed
0: Mm -hmm. so bearing that in mind Like I said, go see this movie. Right now, box office predictions for Labor Day weekend, 75 million to 85 million. And that is super impressive, especially for right now. So we're going to actually, I'm gonna give a little spoiler warning on this next part because you have to stay for the end to credit scene.
1: So very much in the first credit scene, we see uh, Shang-Chi and Katie, (laughs) Katie celebrating, just conquering the world, just saving the world and they're telling their their friends, you know, and their friends don't believe them and I'm like, You're making all this up and you're just you're just teasing us. And then all of a sudden, you know
0: Benedict you know, Wong
1: Benedict Wong, <laughs> aka Wong A. K. A. the librarian from uh Doctor Strange, he just portals in into this karaoke bar and he tells them, Hey, we've got some type of beacon going off from those rings we need to investigate them so they go to the gale through the portal and they go to kamar Taj to uh Wong's library and they pull up a, a zoom meeting of sorts with two different avengers which i was really excited to see oh, both of them too, first yeah. we see bruce banner himself the strongest avenger <laughs> um back in his human form in a sling kind of like taking in all this information about the ten rings and he says that's not anything from Conda, that's not anything that tony or i have have discovered before we don't know what they are
0: it's like a, i don't think it's vibranium
1: yeah so then they ask this other character and it turns out that it's captain marvel
0: carol danvers
1: carol danvers um
0: but she didn't she said it's not alien so yeah. what is it?
1: So what it is it? Um, the big theory on the internet is that given the way that the Marvel Cinematic Universe works is that the Ten Rings are going to somehow tie into Eternals. Um, and that one of the characters in Eternals made the rings. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of like their weapon. Uh, so we'll see if that if that plays into it. Or it could be some type of... Um, It could be from, like, any of the other upcoming movies coming out. It could be from Blade, it could be from Moon Knight, it could be, it could be from, uh, Armor Wars. Who knows? Like, anything is possible.
0: I love how Wong too, or was it Bruce, it was Bruce that basically told the two, Katie and Shang, like, welcome to, basically welcome to the MCU, like, welcome to the Avengers, you're part of the team type of thing, so that was cool. Definitely excited to see them in the future. And then we have a second end credit scene which kind of solidifies the future of these characters and the return. And it's the sister, she took over the family business per se of her dad and made it into the same thing, only with men and women fighting. And then it says, you know, Shang-Chi will return.
1: It says the Ten Rings will return, so who knows if we'll get a a Shang-Chi too, we could get, we could see him pop up in another movie, or we could see just the Ten Rings organization show up again, and my guess is that somehow Shang-Chi's sister will team up with Sharon Carter and they'll form some type of super evil organization, some type of evil conglomerate company.
0: Ooh, yeah, I forgot about Sharon.
1: And of course, um, I can't forget about Julia Louise Dreyfus. she's still out there recruiting people. Oh yeah. So who knows if if she's in this as well, so it could just be a whole batch of evil female villains.
0: She's just out there gathering people up, like at the end of Black Widow. (laughs) So, but yeah, it was very exciting. Like I said, make sure you stay through all the credit scenes that's it from us this week say no more go see shang chi let me know how you like it i highly recommend it uh next week will be about the Candyman. we're getting into spooky season and that's my kind of season halloween so all the horror movies coming out i'm really excited so stay tuned for that and i will talk to you guys next time